0: Rothbard. Hello and welcome to the Actual Anarchy Podcast, the podcast where we talk about movies from a Rothbardian anarcho-capitalist perspective. Tonight, we are going way back into Elizabeth Warren's lineage and talking about a movie from the colonial period in America, The Last of the Mohicans, and we have a special guest, Mike C., he will be back. He will be back and joining us uh, once we get into last night's portion of the show. This is episode 171 of the show. And we have survived the coronavirus one more week. Uh, Robert is here with me. He's having technical difficulties with the internet, but hopefully uh, he'll be able to contribute a very, very stunning and brave uh, contribution to this show tonight as we talk about this Michael Mann flick. How are you doing, Robert? How, how are things?
1: What's up, everybody? Thank you, Daniel. Thank you for having me back on the television show. I am excited to be here. I am very reclined. This is the first time I've done a show in a reclined state, and I'm excited excited about it. I don't know how it's going to be different for you, but for me, it will be molto bene.
0: All right. That sounds good enough to me. And, and you've got an early uh, early start tomorrow with, with the business. You guys have kicked off uh, uh, a return for your main person from Thailand. They're back, and you guys are are uh, serving up the goods again. So things are going well. Um, and uh, yeah, so we will get right to this on the last night of sports show. Introduce our guest, Mike C. And uh, we'll have a pseudo-libertarian, slight hint of fascist uh, conversation. Should be a lot of fun. Hey everyone, it's Daniel Elwood and Robert Johnson, the last nighters and last nighters can be found on launchpad media where they're always launching new ideas, new direction. Check it out at the launchpadmedia.com. You can also check out this show and show notes and everything else at lastnighters.com nighters.com slash one, one, four. This is the 114th episode of the show. We just did contagion. And the week before that we did Batman. So we're, we're making the, uh, we're, we're closing the loop here. We're going from bats to contagion to smallpox blankets. We're going to be talking about the last of the Mohicans tonight with Mike C. Uh, we will, uh, uh, show him on screen, on screen. There, Star Trek action right there. How you doing, Mike? Welcome back to the show. You do music uh, under the handle Mechanical Dream Revolution. It's very, uh, very trance-like, very lengthy, has a lot of clips from movies and television shows, news, sick beats, nice drops. And it, uh, we were talking in the pre-show, which is available for our Patreon supporters at com slash Patreon. We talked for an hour and we, we touched very heavily on your on your music and what the um what did I call it? I, I called it uh, some sort of a long form <laughs> meme uh to get it into the subconscious. So welcome to the show. We will have a, a link to that uh on our show notes page of course. Um but how yeah introduce, describe, uh speak amongst uh, yourself. Yeah. JP.
2: Uh what it is. Uh my name is Mike. I make music and I'm two thirds libertarian. And uh yeah, I've known you guys for well, a while now. A couple years anyway. Yeah, it's like indeed. I I found you guys cuz I was looking for literally a libertarian or anarchist analysis of film. And I put that into the the internet machine and it gave me a few options and you guys rose to the top. So,
0: sick. Yeah. That is we never heard this before. This is great. Um No, I just
2: yeah. yeah, I was like I need some I need an anarchist podcast and, you know, like so um yeah, I call myself an anarchist more than a libertarian, I think, but uh pragmatic. I think I I've, think I've I think I've uh, told brag, you guys I'm a little, a
1: little more pragmatic. And, uh, Yeah, more of a prag. Well, I'll Uh, tell you what.
0: When we came up with uh, one of the names for our show, we were like, "Hey, we might get more like search traffic this way." Uh, And apparently, it worked. We 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 got a Canadian to find us and uh, befriend us. So this is (laughs) this is great. So Mechanical Dream Revolution, people will find that. Also, previous appearances: Scrooge, Collateral. um, Gosh, you've been on like six times. Lots of stuff. None of the Living Dead, Scrooge,
2: Collateral. Yeah um it's a wonderful life
0: it's wonderful life um starship troopers
2: yeah <laughs> oh and then we did the one before that right
0: that was collateral on starship oh, okay and got,
2: i don't know yeah i back. invited myself to starship troopers because it's uh my favorite uh historical film
0: prehistory historical or...
2: yeah <laughs> it will be it will be one day
0: it's the history of the future <laughs> the... Did <Do> you <laughs> also do your your favorite
1: movie of all time oh the, the warriors. warriors yeah yeah we did that too oh yeah yeah like...
2: What are you guys gonna even talk about? And then we talked for like five hours or something.
0: Yeah. And that, that one plays yeah. uh, still uh, oversold we, that movie. That's it's good. It's good. Uh and, and and the the music for that is very good. And you have mm. pilfered that, I, I should say. Uh yeah, they the, kinda got me
2: Yeah, that got me through the end of Boys Will Be Boys. And uh I'm kind of reapproaching some of those ideas without going back to the well the way like uh Hack in Hollywood was would. I'm being very careful not to try to double dip but uh yeah there's some pretty really good like synthesized slashed slash like rock music in the warriors that i just love
0: yeah i i, I won't deny that in watching the, the movie for the episode i had not seen it prior to that and i was very surprised that the soundtrack was as, as good as it was so anyway we're not here to talk about that that's 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 the no, past. this movie
2: has a good soundtrack too though i've heard techno remixes of this shit
0: Okay, send, send send it my way. I'll put them on the show notes page, lastnighter.com slash 114. But let's get into this. No, if, if we may. Uh, we start with the Google description. Last of the Mohicans, The Last of the Mohicans, came out in 1992. So it's actually quite old at this point. Uh, it is a two hour and two minute film by Michael Mann, 7.7 IMDb, 95% Rod Tomatoes, three out of four from Roger Ebert, and 90% of Google users liked it. The description is The Last Members of a Dying Native American Tribe, the Mohicans, Uncas. His father, Chingachuk, and his adopted half white brother, Hawkeye, live in peace alongside British colonists. But when the daughters of a British colonel are kidnapped by a traitorous scout, Hawkeye and Uncas must rescue them in a crossfire, in the crossfire of a gruesome military conflict of which they wanted no part between the French and Indian War. Uh, Came out September 25th, 1992. Uh, Director Michael Mann, as I said, this is adapted from a book and also a film from the 1930s that won a few Academy Awards. And it has, of course, the Uh, Talented actor Daniel Day Lewis, who is the only actor to win three Best Actor Awards in all of history, three Oscars for Best Actor. Not for one, not one was not for this film, though I think he did do a very riveting performance. Uh, Robert, let's go with your opening on The Last of the Mohicans, please.
1: First of all, could you repeat the name of the father? Chingachuk. Yeah, that just sounds offensive somehow.
0: I'm probably butchering it. Uh, It's Chingachuk. Yeah, Chingakchuk. Ching-ak-chuk. Ching-ak-chuk. Like Chingakchuk.
1: Yeah, so we didn't grow up. So it's you, either you sounds don't... Klingon or like some horrific
0: offensive term. Okay, good. Well, um, I don't intend to offend, but you know, sometimes. Well, this
1: movie is definitely a movie of its time. Uh, uh, Didn't Michael Mann also do like Heat or something like that? Or is there somebody else? Yes, oh, Michael Mann. Okay. And Collateral. Yeah, so he got better because this film, I. It, it very much feels like a film that is taken from a larger work. Um, characters just kind of move around and we catch back up with them when there's something that the director feels like he needs to show us. I, I, I think it's very much a movie of its, its time. It felt like a, like a postman or a water world or a dances with wolves. There's the terrible fighting and there's a lot of fighting in this film and it's all really, really bad. There's been a lot of uh, improvements in that. The acting is all fairly decent and good, but man, I had some issues with the script and just the story in general. The, um, the guy who ultimately decides the fate of our hero and heroine is some guy we meet at the very end. We don't even know him in the entire film. And then all of a sudden we just see him at the end and then it's like, Oh, okay. So the hero doesn't even get to decide his own fate. All right. Um, I don't know. I I will probably get into it. I'm sure I'm I'm the one that hated this movie the most. So we'll just uh, have to see where this conversation goes. But um, overall, it's it's uh it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Uh, last week's was way worse. So who knows? What do you got? What do you got, uh, Michael or Daniel?
0: Well, I just want to respond to you a little bit. So it's going to get better in three point five. So that's good. Now, when you're referring to the the fate of our hero and heroine <clears throat> are not decided until someone we meet at the very end. Are you talking about the old elder? of the Huron tribe? Is this, is this who you are referring to?
1: That's the guy I'm talking about, yeah.
0: Okay, all right. And uh, in the pre-show, Mike and I, while you were having the connectivity problems, we were saying that if we dared try to do this without you, that I would have to assume the hater role of really not liking the film. Uh, but I'm glad that you're here because now I can actually be my normal role of liking the film, so. <laughs> what?
1: okay I thought, I thought michael was going to be the lover and the defender of this film and we were just going to tag team hate all over it but i guess i'll be the solo <laughs> hater which is a fine it's a role i'm comfortable with
0: so it'll be just fine <laughs> all right so michael you plenty to work with already so uh, yeah, fair enough about? man
2: um okay so basically my position is the opposite <laughs> i like it um for some of the same reasons you mentioned like uh the fates being decided um by people outside of their their spear and stuff, um, is, is kind of the, the theme of the film. Uh, A lot of people that like, like the book don't really like this movie because of all these vast differences. But I think that that's just, it's kind of like a shining situation where you can't really transfer it. Um, but I really like this film because it talks a lot about how much of our, our liberty and our destiny are decided by the alliances we make and the, um, organizations we commit ourselves to. So that, that being said, it makes total sense that, that, um, a First Nations chief would decide the outcome at the end without them really having met him. I don't know. It, it makes total sense. Cause it's like the whole movie. They're just being tossed around by different governmental agencies uh, that go back when, on our word.
1: If I was writing this book, I would have the protagonist actually protag. Oh, he does. Where The protagonist, he does to a certain extent. You're right. He does do certain things. He makes certain decisions, especially I'm thinking of saving the people from the war party in the beginning, the, the group of soldiers with the ladies, and then when he, knowing the consequences, still helps the group of guys escape the fort. But...
0: And he walks into the Huron village like a badass.
2: Well, I mean, you don't have to agree with the what happens to him. I mean, I think that's the point, is that it's not just. Is that a bunch of terrible stuff is happening, and it's not because he lacks merit, it's because two governments are fighting each other and enlisting the the smaller governments of the natives that that live in that area, like everybody is just allied to some organization, and they all have these like unions of power, and the the destiny so of a single man. is the, man
1: the fascist is, in Mike C. Is like loving like just masturbating all over this movie. I see.
2: No, no, this is the libertarian in me because this is very much uh, lamenting his lack of liberty the frontier is being like devoured uh, and made into you know a bureaucratic nightmare or or you know stomped over by, by all these wars like he says it at the end right if you want to jump to the end like it's like the frontier will disappear and there won't be any room for like a man that just wants to like hack out his existence out of the wilderness you know it'll all be part of the system so this is like man against society which is very libertarian I think that is uh, a lot of great themes in here to look at right because, like, how much do you I will grant locals? you that.
0: Mm. I will
1: like, grant I, you that. There's definitely the frontier spirit of, at one point, what, the the girl is asking Daniel Day-Lewis why anybody would possibly live out here outside the protection of, what, the state or the greater yeah. powers. And he's like, well, listen, they can't afford to live there. And out here, at least they can get by on their own two hands. And, and then she defends it
2: later to her father, right? You know, or she's yelling at... um. At Buddy, who who wants her, it's just like they don't. They they hack out their lives out of the wilderness, bearing their children on their back, you know. And like the idea of not supporting that, like oppressing that, is just horrific because they're they're taking on all the responsibility of their lives to go homestead at the edge of the world, and they're still getting fisted by government.
0: Yeah, conscripted and not allowed to defend their well, own. And heart. they had
2: a contract, right? They had a they had a legitimate contract. You know, he, they had his word, and then. And then when when push came to shove, he said, "No, you're not allowed to leave. I need your, I need you to be here as troops." And it's like, well, then why'd you even ask in the first place? Why didn't you just chain me up and bring me here?
0: Well, it's not like the first time that a government would have lied to somebody to get them to do something, Mike.
2: Yeah, they blew up those trade center towers or whatever too, right? Like, so I'm just kidding. I don't actually believe that.
0: No, but, but <laughs> I can uh, edit that one out. <laughs> I can totally see them like just saying whatever needed to be said to get these guys to get yeah. into the position they needed them to be in, and then later on, yeah, of course not. Follow through on their contract because yeah. what are you gonna do you know what
2: are you gonna do not bail They're out the th- banks <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, are that's the just
0: in that area us. all
2: right without government like, <laughs> who would kick people in the face I feel like we're derailing already here no well i don't know i just i really do think this is a libertarian film and i like it because I, I think the theme is like basically your life is is defined by who you allow yourself to your brothers and your community you know, and what governments you end up having to submit to, you know, whether you're rebelling or or helping them out or, you know, making hacking out some sort of sovereignty for yourself, you know.
0: Right. I did like the angle of, you know, when that commitment was broken, then then all those uh, colonials were like, hey, if their laws, if their commitments aren't going to be met, then then we are being oppressed by them. It's like yeah. sort of dawning that realization and they react to it. You know, they they're like, well, fuck this. We're, we're going to get out of here. We're leaving. Yeah. No, that's good. And yeah, I thought that that was uh, that was the appropriate response. Um, and I don't know there, there's there's a lot going on in this film. I mean, there's there's a bunch of layers. And, and Robert, you were saying it was, it was like there were all these different stories, and it was a bit confusing. But I think if you um, step back and look at it, you know, they are kind of interweaving. You have all these things happening, but they all sort of echo each other. You know, you've got these alliances, and you've got antagonism between these groups, and then you've got a journey of uh, sort of self discovery, especially with Mel and Stowe character. Who, by the way, she was she was really good looking in this film, by the way. Uh, But, you know, she is this English daughter of a colonel living in London, coming out to the wilderness. And it doesn't take much for her to turn that corner and be like on the side of these people who are scratching their existence out of the earth and to see that they are noble and that what they're doing is just and that what her father and, and the British government is doing there is is terrible. And the French.
2: And the French and, and all of the native governments.
0: Yeah, I did want to talk about the French a little bit with the uh, the general who they bombard the the fort and come to terms for surrender, and he's actually very cordial about it. He like lets him have almost any terms he wants as long as he hands over the fort. And I thought that was pretty pretty telling. Um, but in the doc or in the um, director's commentary, Michael Mann was talking about how there is some truth to that because. They only had so much time before winter would set in This is Western New York. Back then, that was the frontier. <clears throat> yeah. But you can't make war in the snow very well, as Napoleon and Hitler discovered. Uh, so the French had to seize that fort as quickly as possible and move on because they were losing, basically losing daylight, right? They were losing the ability to make progress. And so that's why he gave those terms so acceptable to the British so that he could just move on to the next thing. So that... In the film, it played out as he's being like overly nice and like very, um, there's like sort of a code of conduct, you know, like the rules of war. And and it it seemed kind of almost refreshing to see something like that. But then it also makes like war itself so ridiculous because they're willing to talk so cordially to each other. Meanwhile, the cannon fodder people are just getting shot up and destroyed. And it's like- Yeah, the
1: officers are treated like human beings where the cannon fodder and the privates and the lower ranking enlisted men are just like garbage to be used.
0: Yeah, and conscripted and, and whatever, you know. And yeah. good
2: goodwill is good business, though, right? Is what I took from that. I mean, there's no point in being adversarial to your adversaries if you, you can make peace. It's beneficial for everybody, right? It's like you know when you complain to a business and then they're they try to like run interference on on you being satisfied by like not not rescheduling or not giving you your money back or whatever, and you're like, well, I'm going to win this exchange for one, and secondly, I'm going to tell everybody I know now, like you're you're you know. Yeah, so. I
0: found that most of the time, a business that doesn't have like a sort of protected racket will <laughs> will be focused on yeah. customers. But if they have a geographic monopoly, like say a cable company or something, they're notorious yeah. shitty service. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, but the, the sure. businesses that don't behave like that, that don't have a government backing them, go out of business, right? That don't, you know. And yeah, you can throw the odd person out of your restaurant or whatever, right? Like sometimes it's got to be that way. But you know, you can usually tell when when a place isn't going to be in business long when you know. When they're dickheads to you. Um, and that's the same as taking a fort, right? Like, there's no point in, in trying to massacre these people if what you need is the fort and you need them to leave. And all it takes is not shaming them for them to be willing to do that. But yeah, it is, it is like, war is, like, sickeningly, uh, it's it's gross, the, the death and the way they treat infantry. But
0: Yeah. Now, do you guys think that the French general knew that he was going to be leading them off to this ambush by Magua? Or was that later sort of concocted after the surrender had already been agreed to? Yeah.
2: Well, they portray it as like an idea that he's convinced to by, by Magua, right? Like they, yeah, that he Magua, convinces, wants,
0: hmm? Magua wants revenge.
2: Yeah. And I think he convinces, I mean, that's how they portray it. I'm not sure if I believe the likelihood of that. Maybe he was thinking that the whole time, but the French commander is like, yeah, you're probably right. You know what? Do your thing. I don't want to have anything to do with it.
0: Right, because the French guy is like, well, I can't break the truce, but I'm not saying you can't.
2: <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of, you know, if he sleeps at night, I guess that's, you know.
0: That yeah. is
1: one of the things I did like about this movie a lot, uh, is the humanization of Magua and his reasoning for being so single-mindedly, wanting yeah. to murder the gray hair and his family. And
0: yeah, that, Kaiser I appreciated that. Yeah, yeah, he was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wipe out his seed. Like, his genetic lineage is done. Yeah, yeah you know, that's hate speech Kaiser now, isn't it?
2: it? Bringing up the idea of hereditary genes. Not against or... a
0: white
1: man.
2: No, I think even acknowledging the biology that they were discussing would have been the gotcha ban from YouTube.
1: Would it, though?
2: Yeah, I just... I'm he's, just...
1: A, he's a Native American talking about killing a white man? I don't think it's... No,
2: no, he's, no. no. He's I, a I, I just mean, like, like, we're not supposed to talk about how, like, people have uh, babies, and those babies carry genes from their parents, and that's, like, the oh, driving... Oh,
0: so you're or
1: saying he's driving... probably the great-great-grandfather of Elizabeth Warren? Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah, something like that.
0: All right. So here's another attack I want to take on this. And this this might be spicy, might be a little controversial. But one of the talking points about this is you've got Native cultures, Native peoples living in this land, and there's a variety of them. And you've got wave after wave of immigrants coming from Europe who go through some really terrible situations to get there, but they're coming there to seek a better life. Like they're going through uh, fleeing Europe terrible situations in Europe. They're going through indentured servitude, paying that debt off before they can then go scratch out existence out into the wilderness. Mm-hmm. But they are not coming for, you know, constitutional The social welfare system? Yeah, the present day situation, you know. Um, More hate speech, man. You're looking to get banned
2: off the internet.
0: I know, I know. And, but that's what's fucked up, right? Because the Indians in this are essentially the open borders position. Maybe not willingly, you know, but they're overpowered. They're not able to resisted successfully i mean maybe at the time you know in 1757 they 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 had zero chance
2: of beating europe
0: do you think it was known at that time i mean the elder that that gets introduced at the end and decides the fate of our hero sort of brings up that hey this has been a question ever since our white fathers came here yeah on what what are we as a people to do
2: i think that if europe wasn't fighting europe in canada and the americas then they're they would have completely um subjugated the native population cuz they they, they, they needed the, they need they couldn't fight both wars the french and the and uh the english and for that matter the spanish right they couldn't fight those wars and the war against the the indigenous people so they had to ally with them cuz it's like guerrilla it's asymmetrical warfare too right you have to deal with like england wants to fight france they're dealing with the one set of tactics and then you got to deal with guerrilla tactics as well i don't I couldn't do it
0: yeah. And it seems, though, um, I mean, that was one of the big things with the Revolutionary War. The colonials did use guerrilla tactics against the British. Yeah. Who were very regimented in how they would fight, you know, wearing bright red, kick me here, target uh, yeah. uniform. Well,
2: bureaucracies build empires, though, right? Like, that's why the Romans were so powerful. It's bureaucracy and like system. Because you can always just get more people if you treat them like pawns, right? thrown through the meat grinder but if you can but if if the rules of the system are maintained then the empire grows regardless of how many people you murder
0: well to a point i mean yeah. eventually you do. Well, they yeah have. they
2: collapse right obviously they all collapse but um yeah but the successful yeah
0: does this t- tie into your um not liking the fighting in this so much robert or was it just like the how they portrayed it because to me in watching it you know you you get a musket and it takes like a minute to reload it so of course you just get the one shot. blanks.
1: Oh, ready. Well, unless you're the hero, I mean this is a time in Hollywood when if you're shot by anybody else, you you might be okay, but if you're shot by the hero, you're instantly dead. If you're even touched by the hero, you're instantly dead. He has plot armor to the nth degree. He can run around the battlefield and nobody even tries to hit him, but he I, it just it just reeks of I mean, as I was watching the fights, I was just imagining how they would be done in today's time, and how like there's a scene where he's handcuffed and they're being ambushed by Magwa and all these the the, the Huron tribe, right? And he's handcuffed, and then there's just the next shot—he's taking off his handcuffs and he's just picking up a rifle. Well, in today's movie, I think they would add way more drama to that. They would have a scene where. He's handcuffed to a guy and maybe the guard gets shot and dies, but then the key gets kicked off and he has to go chasing after this key as it's getting kicked around the battlefield. It may be a little bit too ridiculous for this kind of movie, but at least it would have some kind of drama to the event. Maybe he could do it better than I'm just imagining it, whatever. But it just seemed like it was almost like Daniel Day-Lewis was this action hero, superstar, movie star guy, because the team of three guys was taking on an entire war party of the Hurons. And it just seemed like they had plot armor to the nth degree and could do no wrong until the plot needed them to die. Eh, it just reeked of old Hollywood, dumb Hollywood. Um, But dumb Hollywood isn't necessarily terrible. They can do character and romance decently, um, interpersonal conflicts. Like those those things were set up well in this film. Um, People had ideological differences and arguments. Legitimate grievances against each other. That's good, nice and refreshing. We don't always get that. But, you know, in some way Hollywood has progressed and in some way they've regressed. Something some ways they've they've gone for spectacle and then they've forgotten character and story. So I you could probably a re a remake of this movie would probably be worse than what it is. Right. But it would you have get, really good action scenes.
0: You get the spectacle that you're missing.
1: But you but, wouldn't care because you wouldn't get the character of the story. So you'd just be like, well, this is pretty, but who gives a shit?
0: Right. And and if you had that, you know, extra ten minutes of him like trying to get the handcuffs off instead of just this magical, you know, Houdini style, he's free all of a sudden. Uh, yeah, they might add a little bit more drama to it, but by then the battle's over.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably. But at least it would humanize him as a character. Instead, he's like this superman that is unstoppable. And that's just boring. It's like Uh oh! Somebody's in danger. Oh no! Don't worry about Daniel Day Lewis is on screen, so that's no problem. It it just doesn't. It just it doesn't create tension for me.
0: Okay, well, just just so you're aware, Daniel Day Lewis, he is famous for becoming the character for the duration of the filming, even offset. Like he was Hawkeye for like ten months, and he went through survival training, and he actually got to the point where he he could load a musket on the run in under a minute, and all of the action scenes and that's awesome and all of the survivalist shit he was doing like he he picked that up in intense training in preparation for the role that
2: sounds like michael mann's directing too because like in heat they all fired and and in uh, collateral they all did live live ammunition training
0: yeah the the director's commentary was great i mean he, he has an encyclopedic knowledge of the events surrounding it the historical things that are going on but then also in the preparation for the role and why he shot things the way that he did i will agree with you robert the action sequences probably could have been done better. He does a lot of shaky camera and close-up kind of stuff that's just sort of like, all right, you guys move here, you guys do this, and it's not... Well, uh, and there's a lot of like,
1: okay, this extra, do this move, and then pause while the hero kills you. As dumb. Go
0: ahead, sorry. Could have been a little more fluid. They could have done some uh, Wu-Ping shit. Yeah, uh, I just
2: disagree entirely with both of you. Like, it's just...
0: Bring it on, Michael.
2: Well, no, I just, it's art, man. I can see reality out my window. See people doing real stuff. And then conversely, if you want sensationalism, watch, you know, Avengers Endgame. I don't think there's any depth to that. It was a nice jerk obsession. But um I don't know. I just I don't mind telling a story visually and having it be a little bit incoherent um unrealistic as long as it's the geography is coherent and you know what's going on because it's it's not just a logical experience, it's also an emotional one. You know, like it's okay for a for a for somebody to freeze and be killed on screen actually that does happen in real life too right like i don't know if you've ever been petrified with fear but it does happen you know every time Uh, no not every time i'm just saying like yeah it's maybe it's convenient that somebody does something this way and then the the consequences that the hero succeeds but that is just the idea of heroism like this is what the greek's called character you know what i mean it's like your destiny is the character There's a fate There's a fate to the um to the events happening they transpire and you are you know, simply the right person to fulfill this role in this story in that sense. I mean, I think that's the whole point of stories is to give us good examples. So, I mean, whatever you guys can, you can guys can lukewarm it or hate it all you want. Just
0: Well, just, just, you're not going to ruin my fun. I'm not saying I didn't like it. I'm just saying that I I can see where Robert's coming from, that they they probably had a certain set of tools to them at the time, that there are better tools for actiony stuff today.
1: Yeah, I just, I don't certainly I mean, i'm not saying it makes a, or breaks a movie i could watch a terrible action scene in a great movie and still love the movie
2: i'm I just saying yeah. that
1: there was a lot there was a lot of action scenes in this film and they were all done quite poorly and it took me out of the movie
2: fair enough if you think they were that bad then that's that's fair it's a, i mean there's no accounting for taste basically in the end if, if you sure um, when it's
1: that glaringly bad i can't I suspend know, I my disbelief was- i think of a uh, a stunt man and the action star rehearsing that scene over and over again. And then they actually got it on film that time. And it's like, yeah, fair enough. Okay. You're just you're mean, taking me out of a story, it, man.
2: It might be below the standard too. Cause if you look at like, you know, collateral and heat and shit, like the actions incredibly detailed, but like I said, I, I, I simply disagree with your, with your opinion on, on the action. I actually liked it a fair bit. Um, even though, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of cutaways and inserts where it's just kind of, like i guess i get cheesy right it's just cheesy but i like the warriors you know what i mean
1: so you yeah you like the warriors so the there's garbage. no accounting for taste it's okay
0: exactly so robert what specifically stood out to you as like the most egregious was it when the cannon was firing uh, on the french uh, encampment and the guys like sort of jumped sideways or whatever as the dolly shot was going by or was it i mean the- those
1: no I mean, those were those are all bad but those you know it's not over and over and over again. It was it was the hand-to-hand combat almost entirely. There's a lot of uh, you know, tomahawk and uh, rifle butt use in this film. And you know, I'm I'm not saying that old Hollywood, you know, this makes or breaks a film. It's it's not the biggest of deals, but when your entire movie requires you to do the similar type thing 50 times, because there's a whole lot of times where Daniel Day Lewis is taken out one Huron guy and then another Huron guy and then another Huron guy and it's all pretty much the same kind of combat, try and do your best to make it look good. Try and make it not distractingly bad is all I'm saying.
2: Well, I'm sure they okay. tried their best, even if they Are failed.
0: Are you saying that you didn't like the continuity? Like he would do a shot to the belly and do a wrap around before pulling out from the belly and then moving on to the next guy? Because that, that was a choreographed thing. Like he learned to do that sort of melee combat in his in the training and prep for the film.
2: You could probably maybe if, if George Lucas owned this film, he could um, he could go back and change some of the scenes. That'd be ideal. See, uh, now and now yeah. we
1: have Mike is thinking. Now yeah, thinking. you could use you could some of it.
2: the scenes from um, that Assassin's Creed where it takes place during the Revolutionary War. Exactly. Just use some of those Assassin's Creed
1: three. Perfect.
0: Add a few screams and uh, make sure that Magua shoots first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Clunky. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so not to de- belabor this point, but that's what I do. I will agree with you, Robert, to a, to a point. But then also, oh. I think it, it kind of ruins a bit of the story at the end when we're up on this mountaintop and Uncas tries to save his girlfriend and Magwa just kicks his ass, dispatches him almost right away. And then Russell Means just comes up there and is like, fuck you, Magwa. And he does the same thing to Magwa. Like Magwa seems yeah. invincible. And then all of a sudden he is ineffective.
1: So you're agreeing with me? the the, the main characters had plot armor and were an invincible machine of death no this is a plot needed to to not be
2: that's horseshit and then they're
1: and then they're super gonna die
2: that's just a fight those those two fights in a row is brilliant because it's like you go solo. you're like holy crap this guy's unstoppable and then buddy just rolls in dodges the one hit and immediately hits him and i'm assuming that's what like actual melee combat is like you know you don't get too many mistakes.
0: Yeah, no. I don't know. I didn't buy your last
2: 30 seconds.
0: I, I just didn't Almost. buy muscle. Russell means being like this badass hand to hand combatant. But well, he, he didn't. did just see his dad or his son get killed. he also this.
2: survived as long as he did on the frontier. So did you know all I mean? of them. Yeah. All those
1: Huron guys. They're all survivors on the frontier. Yeah, they're so all trained was, killers.
2: You know, so sometimes there's two masters.
1: Dude, you know. It is if it, it felt like a Star Wars movie. Where Luke was just had a lightsaber and he's cutting through stormtroopers. That's what the, that was. That's what Dale Day Lewis was killing Hurons. It, it's
2: a hero, but the, I mean, there's cases in in like you know Greek history or you know the Battle of um, Troy or whatever where two heroes would start fighting each other and everyone would just stop and watch. You know, like it was like this is you know, this guy could kill you know, 20 people today and so could this guy. So, like, let's just see who wins this. You know, there's just a sure. certain level of abilities some people possess and it, it probably comes from experience i don't know
0: so it's like Maybe. watching jordan like jordan's on the court and the other everyone's <laughs> just watching him
2: well yeah but we're watching like well, or, or uh, actually a contemporary version would be um curry versus uh who's our guy my guy curry no so you no. got a
0: guy Well, the You're toronto canadian what are you talking oh. about oh, the raptors yeah, yeah. yeah. why he's, he's no longer with the raptors by the way
2: no not Kawhi. no our whole team is actually pretty good anyway so you get these heroes that step up to the plate and they do battle or whatever. But again, this is a story. Like, it's important to have heroes. I, I understand
1: I it's a movie, Michael. This is what we do on the show. We watch movies. I it, just, it feels pretty nice. It's not a documentary like, yeah, film in real time.
2: I don't know. Do you ever watch Hard Boiled?
1: Not in no. a long time.
2: Okay. The John Woo. It's spectacular. And like, you know, it's, it's like one guy mows down 100 people. And they're all just basically there for him to kill and show his prestige and, and power you know what i mean because that's just how storytelling works sometimes sometimes it's you know it's about like a newspaper and it's really realistic and this is you know i would say that blast mohicans is pretty realistic in a lot of ways what? um
1: i was i'm a, you're not on board with daniel's cheesy
2: well it's cheesy the, too and that's what i like I think about this is michael like Man. cheese
1: melodrama is what i yes, think this is what i
2: like about michael Mann, though is that uh he he painstakingly tries to create um, a very real and deep world um, and then creates melodrama within that, which I find very interesting. Because I do like melodrama and, and characters being driven by the plot or by, by the circumstance and not the other way around. It's just interesting. But it is maybe that's what irks you so much about it. It's a completely different style of storytelling. you know, you're, And maybe as a libertarian, you're more about agency. <laughs> in a story
1: right? i i prefer agency in story it's that's true fair. that's fair um yeah I, no, I'm, no, not, I'm not completely against because your idea of a character battling against
0: you know circumstance,
1: circumstance and these powerful groups that's well, that can be compelling
2: well what i mean though is that you say melodrama as an insult like you say that as a criticism unto itself and i'm like yeah it is melodramatic you're right but i have no issue with that so if you're if you're I'm opposed nice. to melodrama, then yeah, you're not gonna like this or
1: um. No, no, you can you like his other words. I've enjoyed many melodramatic films.
2: Fair <laughs> enough, but yeah, it, it's definitely melodrama. Like it's you know, oh, the world's on fire, isn't it? <laughs> That's yes. a sick line, man. That's a sick that line. Is. And he's like, "Yep, it totally is. Don't worry, I'll take care of you." And then they like, "Do it, do it." Did they? Yeah, it's pretty good.
1: I like I like how, and this is old-school Hollywood, when you have sex with one chick, and then it's, like, meant to be. This is their soulmates now.
2: Well, we do have a tendency to bond. Um, especially women have, like, you know, kind of a, a endorphin reaction that helps them bond to the males. Not so much males, but I do feel, like, intimacy when I have sex with somebody, and I do want to protect them and keep them around. So, uh, maybe not just the one, but certainly I feel a sense of obligation. And if but- I...
0: Hmm? All these guys in the frontier, I mean, they're like alpha men. I mean, they had to survive all this hardship, so that made them tough. You know, they were honed in... Yeah, I've, yeah. this fire. whole
2: alpha-beta thing is, like, kind of irksome in, you know, because, like, how else you describe it? Um, but, like, they're not, yeah, they, they're certainly like, they have agency and they're accountable for their actions and have sort of self-actualized, I guess. Um, but they're not, like, some jock, you know, running around banging chicks and pounding 12 beers and, you know, like... In that sense.
0: No, but yeah, they, they've got themselves figured out. And they also know how difficult life is and that they're almost lucky to have survived as long as they have and how hard they've had to work. Yeah. And it also seemed as if, you know, when he was willing to die for the seditious act, which I don't know if you guys have ever looked into what sedition is definitionally. Um, uh, not adhering heard... to
2: the central banking system.
0: <laughs> Close. Uh, actually I actually had to look it up because, you know, you heard, you heard the word sedition used a lot uh, during the impeachment process yeah. for for trump
2: oh um, yeah oh, <laughs> it's, oh my god i i take it back that actually is almost as entertaining as 2016
0: <laughs> but it's basically just speaking ill of the government um yeah. and it doesn't actually apply outside of the military but because trump is the head of the military or whatever like the commander. Uh, god team, god emperor, i believe god emperor whatever
2: when do retake constantinople and make it uh yeah
0: it apparently applies to him but when the British were, were speaking of it, they were like, that's a seditious act. We're going to kill you as a result. I mean, that is like a death, a, 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 like an immediate death threat. If you speak ill of the government,
2: yeah. we will yeah. kill you. Well, okay. So, um, not uh, failing to adhere to conscription is like an imprisonment. But on the battlefield, uh, desertion is uh, death, right? Because the penalty ne- needs to escalate the closer you get to um, the negative thing that you're trying to force somebody to participate in so you need to you need to if you want to keep people in line you have to escalate the closer they get to wanting like to a situation that's going to make them rebel um so the the term decimation right was a i think it might have been roman roman yeah where you kill every tenth you kill every tenth uh soldier just execute them to uh, realign morale to the state motivate help
1: probably motivate the rest Yeah.
2: motivate them back in line right so it's like any kind of mutiny you know, death, yeah. you go against the system, you get, you get, you know, fuck around, find out,
0: <laughs> right? So they're basically examples.
2: Yeah. 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 You have to set an example if you want to oppress people. It's because like the entire system is based on fear, right? You need that death star to like blow up Alderan, or else people will rebel. All
0: right. So, Mike, um, we are going to have to start winding down pretty soon here, but I wanted to ask what was the motivation for this particular film to be selected? Because you and I, we converse through messenger time to time, share some memes, links of new songs, etc. Meme friends, meme friends. Uh, but you, you also mentioned a lot of films that you watch and I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. Do you want to do that one? Or do you want to change from, you know, you've said you want to do Mohicans a few months ago. Uh, do you still want to stick with it? And you said, yes, I still want to stick with it. So uh, i lay the question back to you. Uh, what, wh- what made you want to stick to this one? And what point do you wish to convey in the final minutes here? Before we uh, start to wind down,
2: well, I uh, I think the themes of this film. Uh, what I like about it is that it talks about how uh, a person's destiny is often dictated uh, by the alliances we choose, what we submit to, the communities we form. Um, and so, you know, what you know, you, you you make some bogus consumer choices, it doesn't really affect your destiny too much. But you rely to a state, you join the army, you know. Um, you make alliances between your your neighbors you know to to defend your community these things greatly affect the outcome of your life I think right especially in Frontierland so I like I like the way this film addresses like a lot of these ideas in a in a melodramatic way like that it's kind of a very very ancient storytelling where you know and yeah I mean it's kind of lame some of the some of the plot rumors ridiculous and some of the Some of the conveniences are, you know, the contrivances are ridiculous, but uh, for the most part, it's just the story of like a hero doing uh, heroic things and trying to to navigate all of the external pressures that uh, exist because of these different unions of force in your life, right? So you form, you know, you got the farmers come together and they're like, okay, we represent a small, um, you know, uh, union of force that we could defend this land against the British government because they're busy fighting the French, but it's, you know, maybe it's also good to to ally. to you know the british government because they did they did you know stabilize this region for us possibly i mean that was his argument is that like they they did see themselves as british citizens and they liked the rule set that that government was providing Uh, and then they found out later that uh, that they should have done more research about you know whether or not they follow their own rules and it ended up being tyranny so it's just like the those kinds of choices completely dictate the outcome of your life so that's why i like it um yeah that's it (laughs) that's all i got
0: All right, and I also think that you're a Michael Mann fan. Yeah. Yeah. That that plays a role. Uh, And Heat is another movie that um, I haven't seen in a long time, but I I recall it being very long, but also very good. And Doc Kilmer being pretty badass. As
2: Perfect. (laughs) Like, you can't even make a director's cut of that movie. It's just fucking perfect.
0: Yeah, now, there there was the director's cut of this, and Robert and I, that's what we watched, because that was the one that I was able to buy. But I'd heard that the theatrical version actually has a... Russell means speech that is missing from the director's cut. And a lot of people um, who, who are aware and familiar with both say they really miss that speech. So, Mike, are you familiar with that speech? And what is that? Yeah, they, I think, yeah they,
2: I think he said something about like um, the frontier uh, doesn't belong to us, my people. It belongs to people like my my white son with one one foot in in this, like, you know, primal lifestyle and one foot in civilization. Um, and eventually that that won't even exist. Something, something to that end? That wasn't in the director's cut?
0: There's a bit of it at the very end, but then he speaks of himself as being the last of the Mohicans because. Yeah. And it was. I thought that that was almost a slight against his against Hawkeye, who's his adopt, or, you know. Well, adopted. He's adopted
2: and he's not. He's, he's white. He's not brown. Like, right, but, but, he's but it's son. the end of his lineage. It is his None son. Of Philosophically, it's his son, and he loves his white son, he said, you know. But <clears throat> ultimately his seed is not going to keep going i think that that was you know one of the central uh themes in the in the in the movie as well it's like you know your children and and finding a mate and you know like he was the mogwai's obsession with with killing the lineage of um cora's dad what's his name
0: monroe colonel Monroe.
2: monroe you know killing his lineage and telling him like i have you your genes will not continue you know so that addresses uh the biological imperative that drives, you know, 98% of our motivation. Wealth accumulation is all about, you know, finding a mate and providing for a mate and creating a, you know, a safe environment to propagate yourself and, you know, copy yourself forward.
0: Yeah, I would so, imagine that these uh, the people in 1750, willing to scratch their existence out in this wilderness, were looking towards generational impact, you know, yeah. like... otherwise start-
2: they would just, sorry, but yeah, yeah otherwise would, they would just flip their house... And not provide their children with a future. You know what I mean? They'd set up a social welfare system that can't be supported, and you know, sell their country off to other countries and create a bunch of government. Oh, I'm sorry. Just started thinking about the boomers suddenly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, that was that was a fine answer to the why you wanted to do this film. So let's get into some final summary review, and uh, we'll lead off with the hater thoughts from oh, uh, shit. over there, and then we'll we'll. We'll heat it up a little bit with me, probably like a little bit more than we'll finish with you, Mike.
1: Okay. well, I don't have a lot of deep thoughts. I feel like Jack Andy over here. I'm glad we've got Michael C. He's always a very deep thinker and he brings a lot of interesting ideas. I think he likes movies for good reasons. He always has good reasons for why he likes movies. Even if I hate the movie, he finds some reason to like it, which doesn't really occur to me. So, yeah, there are strong libertarian themes in this film. But the rest of the crap was so distracting that it almost didn't matter to me when it should. I should appreciate this film for its strong libertarian themes. But I guess it just annoyed me that this superhero character was just mowing his way through the movie that I I don't know. It just, it just bugged me, I guess. Um, I am a man fan as well with you guys. I, I think we've done Collateral and we could easily do Heat. Both are excellent films. I think collateral is a little stronger, but you know, maybe he learned a few things since he's gotten older. And um, I don't know how old he was when he did Mohicans, but he still still obviously got some some talent. He knows a, a little bit about story, but he was directing or he's adapting a film, another film, and then also a book. And it very much feels like an adaptation to a book to me. Uh it, it reminded me of like watching Lord of the Rings and knowing the book lord of the rings cuz i'd read the book lord of the rings and going oh so they're not going to include that oh they're not going to include that you know oh it's jumping over to this scene now oh okay i see that's a kind of conglom- conglomeration of this and that and this character and this scene it it just felt like the story jumped around and the characters were conveniently in this area or that area and I, it just the whole thing just kind of bugged me it's the best I can put it. So, is, is the film just bugs me? It's not great. It's not bad. It's just kind of unsettling. So, I can't give it a positive review. I can't get it a negative review. I think if you're into historical movies, historical like uh, fictional movies like this, like *A Dances with Wolves* or *Glory* or maybe *A Postman*. I don't know. I haven't seen *Postman* in a long time, so I don't know if that's any good or not. But we'll probably end up doing it at some point. We will. Uh, maybe you, maybe you'll enjoy that. Maybe you'll enjoy this, but I I really didn't enjoy it too much. I watched it all the way through without much problems, but uh, that's about as much as I could say. I'm glad Mike C is here to uh, shower some love on it because I I really can't. I can give it a five five point zero, and it's and that's as hatery as it gets. It's it's an average film, especially considering its its age. So that's actually high praise. Cause I could go negative. I could go really negative.
0: Well, may, maybe our conversation has, has brought it up a little bit. So if, if we had scored it earlier, you might've given it like a four. Uh, That'd but, be
1: fun to do sometime. Yeah. Give us a the pre score and then post score kind of uh debate style, Oxford oh, yeah. style debate.
0: Yeah. That, that is an intriguing idea. So we open with a score and then we try to convince each other.
1: Yeah. Of Why? Yeah. yeah, but yeah. It like I a could, stock market or like a currency. Yeah, I could argue the negative and then Mike could argue the positive and see how far we move. That'd be good. It'd be fun.
0: Okay. All right. Well, well, we'll put that on the on the burner of great ideas we probably won't do. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to say that I uh, I enjoyed this film probably more than you did. I mean, you can see I'm in this wonderful forest here. We're doing, uh, of course, live streaming for our Patreon supporters at lastnighter.com. slash Patreon. You can see us. I've got a green screen. We've got video feeds and all that. And you can also view this on YouTube uh at our youtube channel so do check that out and get the subscribes going we got to get over 100 on uh, last nighters get that domain so hook us up with will subscribes we'd appreciate it. so my review of the film is pretty positive i think michael mann is a great director i think maybe he he had challenges with the practical uh effects that were available at the time with the uh the fight scenes and all of this but there was a lot of preparation that went into this he shoots the scenes for specific purposes. They're there for a reason. And we find a very strong messaging in this. There's a lot of interweaving things going on and the antagonist magua I mean, we see why he's motivated to do what he uh, does in this film. So it's not like everything is black and white, cut and dry, uh, you know, oversimplified, oversimplified. There's a lot of nuance and a lot of complication going on in that. And I really appreciate a movie like that. Uh, It probably could have been a little bit less of, um, An unstoppable terminator style but you also need to have this character make it to the end otherwise you really don't have a film so i don't know how they could really have done that differently and maybe like you were saying robert maybe a little bit more tension with uh some harrowing escapes but he did kind of submit himself to being hung uh for helping the other guys escape so you know and that's a little bit of tension a little bit of drama and he he does get out of that situation so i'm not sure exactly what could be done differently but i i found it to be a very fun watch and um, beautifully beautifully shot and and I'm glad that it was recommended I'm gonna go with 7.5 on this and uh we'll go to Mike okay yeah yeah
2: no you can have allergic reactions to films I think chicken irk you and you just don't like it I mean that's fair um yeah I don't know I haven't got too much more to say about it though I think I've kind of covered the 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 spectrum of, of why I like it um yeah I got a hard on for Michael man but uh, this is not maybe his best film but uh yeah I I don't know 7.5 eight 8? 8. 8, I guess would be the average between those two. I think it's I think it's great. I think that people can get a lot from it. Um and it's not a bad date movie. A lot of girls kinda like watching it with me, so it's like, well, not a lot, but you know what I mean.
0: Well, like, Daniel Day uh, Luke had to get pretty hunky for this one. I guess he put on something like twenty or thirty pounds of muscle.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't throw him out of bed for eating crackers.
0: <laughs> there was one quibble I had, and that was the opening scene where he's running through the forest and he's got right musket and a shirt on and then moments later he's shirtless he's been running this whole time so i don't know where his shirt ended up
2: uh same place as uh kirk's james d kirk's shirt ends up <laughs> <laughs> probably no i get it you're right like i mean there are there are some failings it is a little bit cheesy or maybe even a lot cheesy but i like cheese so
0: Well, uh, yeah yeah of course so anyway uh that's our show for tonight everyone um you can support the show by giving us likes and subscribes on YouTube uh and uh what else itunes podcast apple podcast wherever they call that these days you can also hit us up on the old patreons last dot com slash patreon you get pre-show content almost an hour of it for this episode and also post-show content which we affectionately call kathleen turner overdrive uh and that's at lastnerbs.com slash patreon this is episode 114 where the show notes will be found at lastnerbs.com slash 114 and you will find links to all of mike's prior appearances and also his music at mechanical dream revolution which can be found on SoundCloud. You can also find links to Trubster.com, which is Robert's merch site. He's got his art plastered on things that you can give him fiat currency in exchange for. And you could be uh, riding in style, walking around town, wearing these t-shirts with uh, his designs on them. I highly suggest checking out Trubster.com. That's two Bs. Is that correct, Robert?
1: That's two Bs for a double dose of the bubs.
0: (laughs) Double dose of the bubs. T-R-U-B-B-S-T-E-R. Uh, That will also be on the show notes page, of course. And uh, we will be back Uh, just in case tonight's episode wasn't enough toxic masculinity for you. We're going to double up next week as we bring back the professional asshole to talk about the Mel Gibson flick, Edge of Darkness. So that one should be a lot of fun. Uh, Mike's already got some comment here. (laughs) Nothing.
2: I just said you could have done The Patriot, which is like basically this plus um, uh, Roland Emmerich. (laughs) <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, if Roland Emmerich made the uh, last of the Mohicans, it'd be the Patriot. Uh, Mel, our guy. Fucking <laughs> Gibson. What a guy. <laughs> oh, man. He's a legend, yeah. man. You can you can edit that out if you want. <laughs> it's like, man, the guy has just got no chill. No chill.
0: Well, we'll be back with that for next week. And uh, I guess uh, Robert has dropped momentarily technical difficulties. Uh, he was hanging for a minute, unlike Jeffrey Epstein. But we'll be back next week with <laughs> Darkness. Uh, thank you, Mike. And we will... Uh, see you guys all next week stay healthy my friends good night from last night all right we can continue for just a couple more minutes on the actual Energy podcast we had a little train wreck at the end there robert dropped off uh mike was doing a little dance making a little love get down tonight uh, as we were talking about Last of the Mohicans, um, so I always save like some controversial shit for the for the last portion here. So not me. <laughs> well, yeah, you <laughs> you shot your wad in the pre-show, and then all the <laughs> you brought up
2: Hitler, though not me. So and Napoleon.
0: About, somebody had to. Um So I was talking about the open borders, or open borders position, Uh the contrast from 1757 to now, and how the Indians were. Basically, their, their culture was pretty much decimated, uh, to throw that word in there again, just for, you know, slightly different usage. Um, but on the whole, this might be controversial, but I think it was perhaps a net positive in that Western culture was the one that went out. Yeah, it was it's like
1: hate speech. <laughs> wow. Because what wow, that, have... you're not very intersectional, Daniel.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. Are you saying that one culture that dominates another can be theoretically a net gain since they were strong enough to dominate that culture? What are well, you, a F- Nazi?
1: You are intersectionally ignorant and illiterate.
0: Let's not put too many words <laughs> in, in the mouth here. I'm just saying that as it played out, we, we perhaps saw an improvement in standard of living for the common person uh, as a result of... Here, yeah. Western so they, civilization expanding. Is this, and is this the
1: life of Brian argument where they're all sitting in the Colosseum? They're like, well, yeah, I hate the Romans, but the roads are nice. So <laughs> oh, what's what's are the, what here? are the
2: Romans ever done for us? Well, they did to build the aqueduct. Well, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> and, and the roads. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. Okay. So civilization in a nutshell is um, one property rights and two forcing any nomad to adhere to your concept of property rights. So all of this stuff that we have comes at the price of, um, uh, primitive ideas. And now my topology, they don't call it primitive anymore. That's like, you know, they've, been, they've become very sensitive, but I mean, we,
0: I think we lost, we, we, we lost started a planting moment.
1: We created agriculture. Huh? Oh, is it, am I still on your slide showing it up for me? I don't know what's going on.
0: Yeah. You're, you're getting uh stomped on. I think yep. maybe the power we don't like what they're hearing. Um, yeah, <laughs> oh,
2: you know, what's funny is I was like, I was on the, the libertarian side. This is where I'm supposed to like stand up and be like, you know, carry the banner and dominate nature and crush all other societies. But I'm I'm, I'm just saying that objectively, you know, we planted seeds and then we told everybody else that they're not allowed to use that land. And, and that's just what civilization is, right? Civilization stomps on nomadic cultures. That may be a benefit, that may not. Um, all I'm saying is it is what it is. Like yeah, I mean,
1: right. The, you as, soon know, as you the, the plant crops and put up so, fences, I mean, I get that, but I'm like the nomads.
2: Yeah. So and it's the, you know, uh, it's like the Pentateuch, right? Like the first five books of the Bible are basically outlining that history of humanity, or you know, you know, the, the yeah, in that crescent, fertile or crescent, or whatever. Um, yeah, like it's there. I don't know if it's morally superior, but it is. Um, like there's certainly a motivation in humanity to pave it, pave, pave the whole world. You know, so if we can find a balance with nature and try to like live in harmony with cultures that don't necessarily adhere to that, you know, it's it's very difficult though to to have a cohesion between uh, like a nomadic system and a non-nomadic system. Property rights are an extension of civilization, you know. So Yeah, I think we're like picking we, up you know, certain... we're kind of talking about hippies versus yeah, I think we're, we're, we're... and I like I, like I said, this is usually. Usually it's my character to start getting all fucking fascist about conquering everything that's weak right but I you know I don't agree I'm just saying it's it may not be morally correct, it but it is certainly yeah Daniel hey man who's the fascist here well uh, if you want to defend your culture it's nice to have roads when when an army shows up right yeah now, like you can survive yeah
0: I do want to defend it just a little bit in saying that I think that uh it could warrant a, a multi-hour discussion to get into the nuance of what I'm trying to convey. But we're at the end of our show. And, ro- and uh, oh, Mike, God. your your audio is chopping up really bad. You might need to drop and come back uh, for the Kathleen Turner Overdrive. But we're going to need to say goodnight on the actual Anarchy podcast. And we can continue the conversation. If anyone wants to, to hear any of that stuff, you can become our Patreon supporter <laughs> at <laughs> com slash Patreon. And you can get pre-show and post-show content. And uh, also give us like subscribes, all that good stuff. We've gotten really good reviews lately. So keep those coming in. And uh, we will uh, have the show notes on actualanarchy.com slash 171. And we will see you after these messages. Maximum freedom, everyone.
1: In the early days of the internet, radical libertarians were scattered, lonely, and faceless. Without direction, they resigned to scour the web, sifting through content providers in a wasteland plagued by YouTube demonetization, Facebook jail, and covert internet censorship. But then, in 2017, the Libertarian Union was formed.